Hello and welcome to Falling Into It. This is a podcast where professionals share their stories and thoughts on the insurance industry as they continue to grow their careers. My name is Zach Yule, and I am a content specialist and AV producer at Leaders Edge. In this episode of Falling Into It, we meet Nick Belanca, the 40-year-old Vice President of Employee Health and Benefits at Marsh McLennan Agency. A graduate from the University of San Diego, Belanca studied accounting. We discuss how Nick got his start in insurance, the future of genetic testing, and how ESG is transforming business investments. Nick, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Zach. Greatly appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Absolutely. So we're just going to jump right into it. I have a lot of questions for you, and I'm eager to hear your answers. Wonderful. So I understand you studied accounting at the University of San Diego. At the time during your education, did you find yourself wanting to go into the insurance brokerage industry? <laughs> well, I don't know if there was a distinct moment in time um, that I had that crystal clear revelation. Um, however, I, I did realize pretty early on that I did not want to become a CPA. Um, I wasn't nearly smart enough. My grades were not nearly good enough. Um, but I also realized I needed to make good money to uh, continue to live in San Diego and Southern California. So I was all set to take a job um, at either accredited home lenders or, or New Century Mortgage in around 2005 or 2006. But thankfully, I was given um, great advice to avoid the subprime mortgage lending market and focus on finding a organization that, that was more stable um, and that provided great training. So uh, my stepdad, who was in the insurance industry for decades, recommended that I check out a few insurance carriers such as Hartford, Travelers, Unum, and ultimately I landed a job um, at Unum right out of college. Interesting. So uh, uh, regarding your stepdad, uh, did he have, like, did he ever talk to you about what he did? Or uh, you said he worked in insurance, correct? Correct. You know, I'm sure he did. I don't think at that time I fully grasped, you know, what the insurance industry entailed. I think many of us, you know, when we're younger, um, think of insurance as, uh, you know, especially back then was some, you know, someone coming into your, uh, your home, you know, at the kitchen table, selling a life insurance policy um, one-to-one. So I don't really think I actually fully grasped what he did other than, you know, he had a great career and um, he always gave really good advice. So if he said, Hey, check out these companies and check out the insurance industry, I said, you know, Hey, why not? I, you know, I think, uh, I think I'd do well if I just, uh, followed the direction he gave me and, um, it ended up working out pretty well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely uh, stable. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the yeah, person I, to get that advice from. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think you said, you know, boring, boring can be beautiful. So, uh, <laughs> not that it's boring whatsoever, but I think, um, yeah, the stability, um, certainly was, uh, something I, yeah, looking back, I greatly have appreciated. Yeah. So as someone who has over 17 years of experience. You are probably the most experienced person I have interviewed in this podcast series so far. Um, Most of my guests are just starting out in the insurance industry or in um, their their perspective uh, job in general. Mm -hmm. Um, What advice would you give to your past self who is just getting their start? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying I'm a, I'm a very old rookie. <laughs> um, fair enough. I would, you know, I would 
tell my younger self um, to be more curious than I probably was, um, to be more empathetic um, to others and myself than I'm sure I was, uh, learn how to take a compliment and, um, you know, really learn to think like a business executive, um, you know, spend the time to educate yourself. And when you have opportunities to meet with executive CFOs, um, leaders, you know, really take the time to learn from them and develop a great relationship. You know, I think the great thing about the insurance industry is, you know, the relationships and the amount of time um, you spend on building relationships will really compound itself over your career. Um, and I, yeah, and I, you know, kind of the last thing I would add there is just, you know, don't, don't focus on how much money you can make. I think out of school, a lot of people are just focused on, you know, how much money, you know, can, can yeah. you, can you make in your career? You know, you take jobs based on how much money you can make. Um, you know, I, I certainly did that. And looking back, um, I think I had the wrong perspective. I, I would certainly say, you know, focus on how many people you can help. Um, you know, at the end of the day, your earnings will be reflective of how many people you can positively impact. Absolutely. Um, that that's, that's a good point. You know, there's a lot of metrics for success, especially out of college when you're just grappling and trying to like figure out your identity, you know, and money is one of those gauges, but it's not the only one, you know, so that's Correct. fantastic. Going back uh, to what you said about insurance and relationships. Now I'm very interested. Uh, a lot of my questions uh, for this um, series have revolved around COVID. However, uh, since the series began and where we are now, COVID is kind of subsiding. Uh, I, I think that's fair to say. And people are going back to work, but also people are still staying remote. And we have a lot of flexibility of people being able to go into the office on some days and then work from home on others. Um, now, I want to know how that flexibility, and this is all new territory, definitely, mm -hmm. uh, has impacted you trying to create relationships this year with remote work, but also being able to like a, a kind of come back to normalcy where people can go in the office and people can meet their clients. Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, I've been fortunate. So I'm, you know, in month four of my uh, career here with MMA. And it seems that there's, you know, great interest, thankfully, right now in meeting and meeting in person. I think so many people are tired of Zoom and they've realized you need to have a balance throughout your day of, you know, real one-to-one -one interaction. And I think it really makes the in-person interactions that much more valuable because they, they were so scarce, you know, for a year and a half, two years, we weren't meeting with people one-on-one. -on -one. We weren't meeting in office spaces together, you know, many companies weren't allowed, uh, allowing outside vendors in if in fact they did have people in the office. So that seems to be opening up. And I think there's actually a premium now on in-person, in-person interaction. And uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, the, mo the most valuable time you can spend with somebody, especially as you're trying to build a relationship is, is one-to-one -one in person, grabbing lunch, grabbing dinner, coffee. You can't replicate that via Zoom. I mean, I think Zoom is a great tool and we can all utilize it to be much more efficient and meet with more people. So, you know, it's higher quantity, but the quality isn't there, um, you know, as, as we've seen in, 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 in person settings, it's just a dramatic difference and it's, just so much more conducive to establishing, you know, meaningful, long-lasting relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of 
nice and invigorating this back to normal see even though it's we're obviously covid and the pandemic has changed society and changed how we do business and how we meet clients obviously but it's definitely meeting them where they're at so that that's very um interesting prior to you working at marsh mclennan uh i understand you were a founding member of genomic life is that is that right that is correct yeah yep where you worked in their benefits division with a focus on cancer treatment this year, President Biden reignited programs in the form of the initiative called Cancer Moonshot, uh, which sets new goals for improving cancer treatment and cutting the cancer death rate by half within the next 25 years. Given your experience and knowledge surrounding cancer, what investments do you find the most important to reaching these goals? Yeah, it's a, it's a great topic. Um, certainly one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, as, as it relates to reducing the death rate, you know, I think they've, they've conducted clinical studies and white papers that have shown that a broader focus on prevention, screening, earlier detection, and more personalized treatments w- will help towards achieving that goal of reducing the death rate. Um, and as we know, you know, cancer is very complex, right? It can be caused by diet, stress, smoking, alcohol, exposure to chemicals, radiation, family history, all of those things can play a role in causing cancer. Um, however, you know, knowledge put into action can be extremely powerful. And I've seen it firsthand, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this topic in particular. Um, my wife was fortunate enough to have been given access to whole genome sequencing by her prior employer. And that was offered as a perk. And that helped her identify a genetic mutation, the BRCA mutation, which dramatically increases her risk of breast and ovarian cancer. And, you know, she had no family history. She was just fortunate enough to take this genetic test that identified this mutation that she was born with. And, you know, with that knowledge, she was then able to receive earlier and more frequent screenings, you know, which are covered by her health insurance, which dramatically improves her ability to detect cancer sooner than later. Um, and, you know, that's shown to have a huge impact on longevity and the associated cost of care. So, you know, th- you know, th- just based on my limited experience, I- I've seen the huge impact of, um, you know, genetic testing and earlier screening as it relates to, uh, detecting cancer sooner than later when, you know, which is when you can improve the odds of um, curing it. Sure. I mean, wow, that's fantastic. Um, Thank you for sharing that story. Happy for you and your wife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, when they hear that, like, man, you know, she must've been scared or, you know, was she upset when she found that information out? And, you know, thankfully she was armed with um, a lot of great information and it was actually really empowering because she was able to take action versus finding out the old fashioned way, like so many people do when it's, when it's too late. So I think that paradigm, you know, thankfully has has begun to shift. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah. What a great story. What a great message. Speaking of genetic testing um, and your um your testament to it did the pandemic have any specific impacts on genetic testing trends um that you are aware of yeah interestingly um you know one in particular that stands out to me is that many of the labs um actually pivoted to COVID testing and that of course was a huge boost to their revenue so many of these genetic testing labs that made that pivot had record years due to that shift and you know that that obviously is t- 
tapered off. So many have returned to their core business, but that was a um, opportunistic trend um, that I had seen from um, several lab partners that I'm uh, familiar with. Interesting. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Obviously it's definitely, Mm -hmm. I think was a, it's such an impact on our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. 2022 has been a wild year. Uh, talks of a recession, the pandemic subsiding, and a return to normalcy. How have you and your company adapted this year? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously coming out of 2020 and 2021, everyone is more resilient, including, you know, individuals and companies. And, you know, thankfully, Marsh McLennan took a really strong stance during the pandemic that they were not going to make any layoffs. And we actually set up a $5 million fund that would offer grants to employees who were facing financial hardships, which was incredible. And, you know, more recently this year, you know, many of our offices have moved to a hybrid work model. um, And we're actually, we're continuing to grow by investing in new talent, um, investing in new technology and resources that really can support our team members so that we can better serve our clients and prospects. Going back to the beginning of the interview when uh, you were talking about your stepfather and him saying it's, you know, insurance is a rock solid industry. I mean, that's definitely uh, fantastic um, re- regarding no layoffs. Um, and uh, yeah. 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 It's been, it's been great to see, um, you know, just again, been here for going on four months and um, being a part of a culture where the organization is very supportive of their employees. You know, for example, we're heading into our benefits open enrollment for ourselves and, you know, we expanded our PTO policies to make them more generous and flexible, um, really to accommodate the needs of, you know, the diverse needs of our employees. And, And we've added several new benefits. So, you know, huge focus on adapting and really, you know, just, adding additional perks and benefits um, based on, you know, the growing diversity we have within our workforce. Absolutely. So failure is a great teacher. What have some of your greatest failures taught you? Yeah, I strongly agree with that statement, Zach. So um, I would say one thing, you know, that I probably learned, um, you know, recently that I should have learned a long time ago is, you know, you are not your job. Um, you're much bigger than your job. You're much bigger than your career. Um, you know, and, and in fact, your, your company, and, you know, for all of us, you know, our companies that we work for are really renting our individual brands, not the other way around. So, you know, don't forget that, know your value. Um, you know, there will never be a better version of, of Zach. There will never be a better version of, of Nick. You know, we are all uniquely valuable and we are the value. So I think, you know, really recognizing that and owning that is a lesson that I've learned over the years. Um, and I would also say the best opportunities in life actually come from failures and setbacks. And I think the more quickly you can recognize that as you're going through a challenge, you know, that's really where the magic can happen. Absolutely. I mean, failure is failure unless you learn from it. So um, yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, where do you go for inspiration? So I am, um, I'm a, big routine guy, you know, every morning I'm typically doing one of three things. I'm either taking our kids to school, um, either getting a workout in early or, you know, these days going to a networking event, one of those three, uh, but kind of, you know, the one constant 
that has been there every day um, is, you know, in the car, I've been listening to a podcast actually called The Daily Motivation with um, a, a guy named Lewis Howes. And they're great eight to 10 minute long interview highlights um, that provide some great, you know, motivation, insights, perspectives to start the day. I'd highly recommend it to, to anyone, especially anybody in sales who is constantly uh, hearing rejection. Um, but, you know, really everybody is in sales, you know, in some shape or form throughout their career. And I, I just find that it helps to kind of overcome, you know, helps me overcome um, my biggest gatekeeper or really the world's biggest gate- gatekeeper for any of any of us is really ourself really just quieting you know any negative um self-talk um so i think having that as a routine to to start the day has been really beneficial for me absolutely um i want to go back to the beginning of your answer i mean definitely taking your kids um spending time with them um and getting workouts in very inspiring. It's very healthy. Um, but I'm interested, uh, and again, this is like a insurance related, um, podcast, but you said networking. Um, Mm -hmm. do you mean just like talking to people again, or like, I I say again, like, because you can do it in person now. Mm. Yeah. So I would say the networking I've been doing, um, gosh, if I just think about this week, I had multiple, coffee meetings in the morning, you know, 7 30, 8 o'clock coffee meetings with either a center of influence or a prospect. Um, and then a couple of actual networking events. Um, you know, whether that's your local chamber of commerce, your local SHRM chapter, um, you know, there's a small um, family business organization networking group um, whose meeting I just attended this week. So it's actually been, you know, either one-to-one um, networking. Uh-huh. Or actually going to uh, group networking events. Um, and back to my, you know, my prior point, I, all of these in-person meetings have been extremely well attended. So I think there's just really a strong groundswell right now as it relates to getting back out in person and um, developing meaningful relationships. Absolutely interesting. So you know the com- do do you know the common phrase shuts laptop until Monday? Oh yeah. I think that's a meme, right? Or a GIF or one of the two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like a meme. Um, and for those of you that don't know, essentially like it's just an online meme, um, kind of poking fun of like the work-life balance culture, uh, but also, you know, shutting your laptop at work, whether it's in the office or at home on a Friday afternoon, uh, and with the weekend ahead, how do you spend your time, uh, when you're, when you shut your laptop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a great feeling when you're able to do that, right? So I, I so I have a four and a half and two and a half year old, so it's a lot of time at the parks, okay. the library, um, soccer practice, you know, chasing them around the house, or you know, getting chased around the house by them. Um, so you know, outside of the time with the kids, you know, I love to play golf, um, do yoga a few times a week. Love watching um, Ohio State and. Buffalo Bills football. Um, But I would say, you know, most importantly, it's spending quality time um, with my wife, family, and friends. Um, We recently moved back to uh, Columbus from um, San Diego in in order to do just that. So, you know, really focusing on spending good quality time with my family and um, friends when when I'm not working. Sure. No, I mean, that's all good, healthy stuff. Well, uh, Nick, thank you for um, this uh, enlightening and fun conversation. Likewise. Yeah, thank you very much, Zach. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Falling Into It. 
Please listen to more of our podcasts and content at leadersedge.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. Till next time, I'm Zach Yule. Have a good day.